The title of today's message is The Center of the Circle. The title of today's message is The Center of the Circle. And I, I asked the question this morning, what are five words that describe who you are? Five words that describe who you are. And when I first did this exercise myself, I, I, I listed things like husband, father, pastor, friend, child of God. I, I sort of listed out things that are what I do or, 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 or my vocation or things that, things that are different roles that I have in life. And if you're like me, you probably did the same thing, some of you. But then I started to think more deeply about it and I began to think about qualities of who I am. All right, so I'm going a little deeper, right? And so now I'm, I'm thinking about, okay, five qualities of who I am. And this is where you can get a little funny, right? Because I was asking Matt out front and uh, one of the things, where's Matt? He, he stepped out for a second, so I'm going to make fun of him. Um, he said, humble. And I thought, it really takes a humble man to say, I'm humble. <laughs> one, of, one of my qualities, but it's actually true of Matt, I believe. I listed things like helpful, steady, but then I also thought, honestly, frustrated, busy, and then I got more spiritual and I put beloved. Um, there is a little bit of feedback up here, I don't know if y'all are hearing it, but see if you can fix that with the mix master back there, it might just be this mic. Just a word of thanks to our volunteer sound people back there, yes. Definitely a thankless job. It's only when something goes wrong that they're noticed, right? So, um, sorry about that. I didn't want to mention it, but it was distracting me. So what are the five qualities, or the five words that would describe who you are? And, and I began to think about those qualities as a circle. Okay, so I want you to imagine, or if you're taking notes, draw a circle on your page. And then I want you to place those five words into the circle. But place them in order of, of the ones that are the most central to who you are. And be honest with yourself. Because we'd all love to put child of God right in the center of the circle. But we know that probably, if we're being honest with ourselves, that's not our core center of our circle, right? For me, a lot of days it's frustrated, right? That maybe is at the center of that circle or busy or, 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 or father, right? Or, or friend. And so just wherever you are today, place those five things into the circle or imagine that you're placing them into the circle with the, with the one that is the most central, right at the center, the most defining word in the center of that circle. And I know for some of you, that's a positive word. And for some of you, it's a negative word today, right? Because our identity, our sense of who we are fluctuates, doesn't it? It fluctuates with how things are going in our lives. It fluctuates with what responsibilities do we have today. And many of us struggle with who we are. We struggle with our purpose. 
Why am I here? If I were to die, would anybody even notice? We wonder. And when we begin to think about who we are, it can lead to despair. Or it can lead to distraction because we realize all the things that we have to do and the circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right? But I want to propose to you this morning that there are some things that are not inside your circle. There are some things that God hasn't called you to. There are some things that need to fall outside of your circle. There's some things that, that that's somebody else's, somebody else's quality. That's somebody else's job. That's somebody else's calling. And so I really want us to think this morning about what is inside the circle. In other words, what is your main idea? What is your personal main idea? What is your personal, you know, we could say purpose? And I will also say this, that when we begin to think about this, we have to realize that we really need to find a new center of our circle. We need to find a new center of our circle. Well, how do you find, how do you find what's in your circle? Let me give you a couple of, a couple of things to look for, okay? And these are words that I'm going to keep using throughout this, uh, throughout this message. And, and the first one is this, look for echoes. You know what an echo is, right? You can hear it right now. The, the words in my mouth are echoing in this large gymnasium. Echoes are things in your life that keep coming up. Uh, they're things that keep coming up in your life. Uh, they're, they're patterns, things that you see that, 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 that maybe, maybe someone, someone comes to you for advice, and then, and then another friend comes to you for advice, and another friend comes to you for advice, and a stranger who's never met you comes to you for advice, and you begin to realize that maybe my purpose, maybe my center of my circle is to be a friend or to be a counselor because it keeps echoing in my life. So look for echoes in your life, things that repeat, things that keep coming up. Another thing you can look for is the bookends. What are the bookends of your life? And what I mean by that, a bookend is the beginning of your day and the end of your day. Uh, What do you wake up thinking about? And what keeps you up at night? What are the things that you wake up passionate about in the morning on a good day? And what are the things that keep you up at night? Maybe, uh, maybe you, you know, you have, you have an idea. Uh, to, to, you wake up in the morning thinking about, I want to make this community a better place. It keeps you up at night. You're thinking about all the different things that you could do to make this community a better place. And so maybe the center of your circle of who you are is being a leader to, to bring change to the community. Maybe that, if that's what gets you up in the morning, that's what you think about going to bed at night, maybe that's it. Maybe it's that you're to be a leader. You're, you're to, to, to take steps to, to bring change to the community. So we can look for echoes, things that keep coming up. We can look for bookends, beginning of the day, the end of the day. Or another thing is we can look for, and this is probably the most obvious, look for light bulbs. Look for things in your life that just stand out. Look for things uh, that that, that is 
so obvious that you miss it. And I'll give you a great example. A lot of times college students come uh, to school and they're wondering, what do I do with my life? Am I, what do I devote myself to? And there are all these options, right? There's like a million things that you could do. But what's the light bulb? What's the one thing that you're there to do? What is it? To be a student, right? It's so obvious that we miss it sometimes. It's the light bulb. It's the thing shining in the middle of your life. Uh, maybe that means being, uh, doing your job, like whatever your job is, maybe your job is your calling, like your job is what you're supposed to devote yourself to, the center of your circle. And so as you're thinking about what is it that I need to be doing, think about echoes, what's repeating in your life, what are the things that keep coming up, think about bookends, what gets me up in the morning, what do I stay up late thinking about, dreaming about, and what are the obvious things, what are, what's the light bulb that maybe I'm missing because it's so obvious that this is what needs to be in the center of my circle. What are you called to be? Not what are you called to be. Who are you called to be? Who are you called to be? And what things need to fall outside of the circle? Right? What things are just not really things that you need to focus on? And I'm preaching this message to myself because I need to hear this message. <laughs> What's in the center of the circle? This is really important for us as we think about who we are. And this principle of looking for the center of the circle is how we find meaning, not only in our lives, but it's how we find meaning as we approach God's Word, too. You see, the same principles that help us to figure out who we are, what our main idea is, what our central purpose is, can be applied as we open God's Word. And as we seek to find the main idea of Scripture. If you remember, we've been teaching this summer uh, through the sword of the Spirit. And we've been talking about a method for Bible study that we use in our church called comma. And, and I like to do this. So if y'all would help me with what the C means. What's the C? Context, the O. Observations. The first M. Meaning, right? And the second M main idea. That's what we're talking about today. And then the A, application, right? The next couple of weeks we'll talk about application. How, what difference does it make in my life? Okay, but today, how do we find the main idea? Well, when God wanted to tell his people the main idea, he gave them a light bulb. And he's given us a light bulb. He's given us something very clear, something very obvious, it's so obvious that we often, what? We miss it, right? And so let's look at God's word this morning. As we look to Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 through 9, where God really wants to just turn on the light bulb for the purpose of his people. And here's what God has to say to us, to, to ancient Israel first and then to us. The Lord says, hear, O Israel... The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. 
And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Love the Lord your God with everything. And so that's the light bulb, right? That is God's stated mission for every one of us, is to love the Lord your God. Jesus called it the, great, the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment. All the other commandments of God can be summarized in that one command. Love God with all your heart. Have you ever gotten up in the morning and you're getting dressed and you accidentally buttoned your shirt wrong? Has anybody ever done that? Am I the only one? Okay, you have to make sure that you start at the top and get the first button in place, right? Because if you don't get the first button right, then the rest of them will be out of line. And I think this is so true with our main idea. If we miss that our main idea from God is to love the Lord our God, to love Him with all of our heart, soul, and strength, If we don't get that in line, then every other purpose in our life is either going to take over our lives and going to become God to us. And look, being a parent is great, but when being a parent becomes your God, it it wrecks your life, right? Uh, When your job, your job is great, but when your job becomes your God, Man, it just wrecks everything around you, doesn't it? Everything is out of line. And so God is calling us this morning to, to think about what is really at the center of the circle, right? And, 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 and at the very center of the circle, God wants to say to you, turn on the light bulb, love the Lord your God. I should be at the center of your circle. I should be at the center of your circle. And, and if you don't get that first button right, I mean, everything else will fall out of place, right? If I want to be the best student I can be, But I haven't first loved the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and might. Then being a student is going to become all-consuming. It's going to drag me into a pit. It's going to make me go crazy, right? Or I'm going to just give give it up and be like, well, I can't do this. This is not working for me. It makes me sad. (laughs) And we just quit, right? Or anything else in our lives. And so we got to button the first button. we got to have that center of the circle, which we get from God's Word. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. Now, God wants us not only to do that in our lives, but to bring that into studying His Word. Because, let's be honest, the Bible has a lot of different messages, Right? I mean, if you read a scripture, there are a lot of things you could point out and say, this is true, this is true, oh yeah, let me observe this, there's this in here too, this is something weird, I'm going to write this down. There's all kinds of uh, interesting things that you could pull out of scripture. So that's why when we're, when we're studying our Bible, we need to ask, what's the main idea of this verse or, or this passage or even this chapter or this book that I'm reading? What's the main point? What's the center of the circle? Right? There's lots of things that I could focus on, but what does, the, what does God want me to really see in this passage? 
And so in order to find that, I've got some helps for us this morning, okay? And the helps are what you've, I've already taught you. Uh, the, the helps are to look for a light bulb, look for echoes, and look for bookends. So let's look through that. Let's kind of break that down, all right? The first one is look for light bulbs. What is a light bulb? A light bulb is something, what? Obvious, right? It's something stated. It's something that's just very clear. It's bright and it stands out. And sometimes they're easy to what? Right. They're easy to miss. Easy to miss. Easy to see sometimes, but easy to miss because they're so obvious. Uh, Let me give you an example. When I played football in high school, um, I was on the offensive line. All right, now the offensive line are the big guys down front. And my coach gave me an assignment as an offensive lineman. Any other offensive linemen out there? Anybody? I see one. All right. The offensive lineman's job is to block and protect the quarterback and the running backs. Okay, the, the, the guys in the backfield. Our job is to keep them from getting tackled. So we're, our job, our assignment is clear, right? And the coach lays it out for us. He says, this is your job as a football player. The center of your circle is to block for the backfield, to block for the quarterback, to block for the, uh, for the running backs. Now, a lot of us wish that we had other assignments, Because as a lineman, you never get to hold the ball and run across the end zone. You never get to score a touchdown, typically. I know y'all are like football, like, okay, what if there's a fumble? Okay, whatever. But in general, the lineman's job is to block, right? Is to be the big guy in front blocking for the the glory positions in the back. There's no glory in being (laughs) an offensive lineman, except if there was no offensive line, are the quarterback and the running backs going to be able to do anything? No. Are we ever going to score a touchdown? No. If those linemen are not there blocking, we will never score any points. So see, my position as a football player was clearly defined and easy to overlook, easy to get distracted from. And when we would talk after the game, our coach would point out to us where we had missed our assignments. And we had video, and he would show us the video of how we missed our assignment. He said, look, you didn't block that guy. That's your job. you got to block that guy. It was a light bulb, right? It was clearly stated, protect the quarterback. Sometimes the writers of Scripture give us exactly what their main idea is. I'm going to give you an example. In the book of John, which is uh, one of the Gospels right here by the cross, In the book of John, the Apostle John gives us a clear statement of his purpose for writing his gospel. And it's found in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. And so if you're reading through the book of John, this should stand out to you as a light bulb of this is his purpose. I'm going to read it for you now. It says this, uh, John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Bing! Light bulb, right? He's clearly stating what his purpose is for writing. Clearly stating it. And what is it? What's his purpose? 
Does he want us to know uh, the miracles that Jesus did? Does he want us to follow the example of Jesus? Is that his main point? No, it's not. Now, he tells us a lot about Jesus' life, right? He tells us a lot about things that he did. He tells us a lot about his teaching. He gives us examples of Jesus' prayer life, good things that we should follow. Those things are all in the circle, okay? Like, we, we, one meaning that he has, one, main, one idea that he has is that we should follow the example of Jesus. That's in the circle. But what's the center of the circle? He tells us that you may believe. The center of the circle for John is not about following his example, but it's about trusting him with your life. It's about throwing yourself completely on him, believing in him. Y'all see that? And so as we read the book of John, if we get that if we, if we forget that the main idea is about believing in Jesus and we think it's something else, then that can get us off into other applications that aren't really the main idea of what John wants to tell us. So we really need to pay attention for light bulbs. What are the light bulbs as we're reading Scripture? That's number one. Number two, look for bookends. Okay, remember I talked about What's the first thing you think about in the morning? What's the thing that keeps you up at night? Uh, the bookends of your life. And, and as we're reading a scripture, think about sometimes the bookends are like the way it starts and the way it ends. So if you read a story, especially in the narrative, in the Old Testament, if you read a story, pay attention to how it starts and how it ends. Anybody like to write thank you notes? Anybody grudgingly write thank you notes? Okay, a couple more. Who has never written a thank you note? <laughs> I see. Okay, shame on you, okay? <laughs> you need to write thank you notes. When I write a thank you note, what I, and, and I only do it because my mama made me do it, okay? I'm just going to be completely honest with y'all. My mama made me write thank you notes, and I learned that I needed to write thank you notes, and I'm terrible at it. But when I write a thank you note, I usually begin by writing something like this. Dear Grandma, thank you for the big wad of cash. And then I write a little something in the middle. And then at the end, I write something like this. Again, thank you for helping me purchase a new bike. Right? So what did I do? I started and I ended with my main idea. And what was my main idea of my thank you note? Thank you, right? It's in the name, thank you note, right? So that's an obvious example. We're going to, I want us to look at a biblical example. So in 1 Samuel chapter 22, uh, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but I want to give you a little background, a little context for this story. This is a story about David, um, and 1 Samuel is right here, right? All right, so 1 Samuel is the story of the kingdom of God, of Israel, and it's a story about the rise of David, King David, God, the man after God's own heart right? Uh, David who killed Goliath. Well, David, uh, God called him to be king. God anointed him to be king. And the king, whose name was Saul, didn't like it very much. And in fact, Saul ended up trying to murder David. And, and he formed a plot and there was a conspiracy to murder David because God had made a promise to make David king and Saul um, rejected God's will. And so he was going after 
David. So David was on the run. He was running from King Saul. And, and in, the, in chapter 21, uh, we learn that David found refuge in a city called Nob. And in the city of Nob, he was helped by the priests who were there. They gave him food. They gave him some weapons. In fact, they gave him the weapon that belonged to Goliath, who, whom he had killed as a boy. And then David left Nob and went back on the run. And chapter 1 begins, remember we're talking about bookends, okay? So we're looking at the beginning of the chapter and we're going to look at the end of the chapter. At the beginning of the chapter it says this in verse 1, chapter 22, verse 1. And I know it's on the screen so y'all can follow there. I forgot to have you turn there in your Bible. I need to do better at asking y'all to do that. It begins this way, David departed from there, he's on the run, and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him. And he became commander over them, and there were with him about 400 men. So this chapter begins by everyone running to David. He's in a cave. He's hiding out from Saul. He's on the run. Everyone's running to him. The middle of the chapter, I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to just tell you what happens. In the middle of the chapter, the next thing is the story shifts back to Saul, right? Back to the conspiracy, back to what's happening. What's happening back with King Saul? And King Saul receives word from a spy that David had received help in the city of Nob from the priests who were there. And King Saul becomes furious. And he decides to call all of the priests in to him. He doesn't tell them why they're coming, but when they get there, do you know what he does? He murders 85 priests. He murders 85 priests, slaughters them. Why? Because they gave bread to David. They gave bread to God's anointed king. And Saul was furious. He didn't stop there. Chapter 22 tells us that he not only killed 85 of the priests, but he went back to Nob with his militia and he slaughtered the entire city. Women, children, animals burned it to the ground. His anger was so fierce because he rejected God's will for him. His anger overtook his life. And so that chapter returns to David at the end because one of the sons of one of the priests survived the attack, escaped. And this is where the story picks up in verse 23. The, the young man comes to David and David says to him, stay with me, do not be afraid, for he who seeks my life seeks your life. With me you shall be in safekeeping. And so this chapter, the story, begins and ends with the same idea. Did y'all pick up on what it is? Begins and ends with the same idea. People who are suffering find refuge in the true king. People who are suffering 
find refuge in the true king. Now that will preach. And and maybe I just did a sermon on it, but... (laughs) And so that, that main idea really jumps out when you look at the bookends, right? We look at the beginning of the chapter and the end of the chapter, and you see, oh, man, all these... People, all these people in distress are coming to David, and then at the end, the, the, the one survivor of this massacre comes to David for safety. And we see that the truth, the main idea that, that people find refuge, suffering people find refuge in the true king. So we need to be on the lookout as we're reading Scripture to find the main idea, to look for light bulbs and to look for bookends, and last, to look for echoes. To look for echoes, to look for things that repeat, for things that keep coming up. Have you ever had to listen to your mom give a speech? Anybody? Every hand better go up. (laughs) You ever had to listen to your mom, even the moms in here? You've had to deal with this too with your mom. You've, You've heard your mom give a speech And you know it's bad when she starts with your full name, right? When she says, John Paul Sibley, that's my full name, by the way. When that full name comes out, you know it's going to be bad. And she comes into your room, and you're just minding your own business, and she says, I really need you to take responsibility for your own things. There's dirty laundry everywhere in here. Are you responsible for these candy wrappers? When are you going to learn to take responsibility for your own room? I can't be responsible for everything in this house. You're a big boy now, so please be more responsible. What's her main idea? I made it pretty obvious, right? (laughs) You need to be more responsible. And trust me, I get the message from, from mama when mama's telling me I gotta pay attention. But she uses this strategy of, of putting an echo throughout the whole scripture, throughout in the scripture, throughout, and maybe it is the scripture when mama's speaking, right? Um, but, but there's this echo of responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. And, and that happens in scripture too. Uh, let's look at Philippians chapter 3. Uh, just a couple of verses here in Philippians chapter 3. Listen for the echoes, okay? As I read it, listen for the echoes, the main idea. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi and he says, Not that I have already obtained it or have become perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Did you catch it? What's the echo? What's his main idea? He's pressing on. He's persevering. He's moving forward. It repeats over and over. There's this echo. And so as we read what he's writing here, what God is saying to us is that this is the main idea, that there are times when you just press on. You dig in. You push. You press on for the goal of the prize, the upward call of Christ. And so as we approach Bible study and we work through the the context, the observation, the meaning, we need to find the main idea. And usually you can express it in one short sentence. Usually I like to do that. I like to try to put it in one short sentence. And I didn't take a picture of my journal uh, this week, but next week I'll show you my journal where I've written in the main idea. 
the main idea of Psalm 23. And, and I'll just share with you um, the main idea, what I think the main idea of Psalm 23 is. When I look for light bulbs, I don't really see David saying, here's the purpose of why I'm writing. I, I don't really see a bookend. I don't really see a beginning and an end. But what I do see are echoes throughout Psalm 23. Listen, I'm going to read Psalm 23. I want you to listen for the echoes. Okay, listen for the echoes. What's the main idea? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did you hear the echoes in there? The echoes, what are they? The echoes of the Lord's care for us as people. And so I would say, what's the main idea of Psalm 23? Well, the Lord loves me and cares for me. The Lord loves me and cares for me. That's probably the main idea of Psalm 23. When I go back and think about what my purpose is in life, what's my main idea? My main idea, as we heard from Deuteronomy chapter 6, is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. And sometimes when we focus on what our job is to love God, it can become overwhelming. And so I think we need to remember these words from Psalm 23, even as we think about what's our purpose in life or what, what's our main idea, what's the center of the circle? And that is the only, the only reason I can love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength is because He loves me and takes care of me. The only way I can have strength to love Him, to get that first button buttoned, is because He loves me and He takes care of me. And when I receive His love expressed to me through Christ, when I realize that His care for me extended all the way to God sending His Son to this world to become flesh, to dwell among us, to take on our frailty, to be the King, Right To be the true king that we can bring all of our junk, we can bring all of our suffering, all of our sorrows, all of our losses, all of the ways that we fall short of our purpose. We can bring it to the king and we can find safety in him. Uh, just like they found safety in King David, we can find safety in the true king, the Lord Jesus. His love for us, his care for us, the good shepherd, that's the center of the circle. That's the center of the circle. And so I want to encourage you today to take some time to think about what is in my circle. Who am I? But make sure you button that first button. Make sure you remember the, the central message of the Bible, that the Lord loves you 
and he takes care of you. And he calls you to love him with all your heart, soul, and might. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for these tools. Um, Lord, thank you for giving us clarity about who we are supposed to be, what our lives are supposed to mean, what is supposed to be, and who is supposed to be at the center of it. Lord, thank you for that clarity. Uh, But Lord, we need help. We need help going out from here today. Lord, we need help because life is busy and life is full of all sorts of things that we're devoted to. Lord, help each of us to clear the clutter. Lord, help us to know what you have called us to do and to be. And help us, Lord, to get that first piece right. Help us to receive your love so that we can respond in love to you. Lord, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.